Thanks for joining us today with another podcast from New Hope Church. We hope that you enjoy what we have for you today and find it encouraging and uplifting. If you ever want to learn more information about New Hope Church, please visit us online at myhope.life. We'd love to get to know you. Have a wonderful day and God bless. So, <laughs> um, but uh, go ahead and come on up and, I, uh, and preach the word. And let me find you your microphone that you used last time. I don't know which one it was. I think it was the blue one. Did you use the blue one, Noah? Okay, here you go, man. Thank you. My goodness, it is good to be here today. Aren't you glad to be here? Yes. If you weren't here, you wouldn't be here. <laughs> it's better in prison, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Better than being strung out somewhere and messed up, isn't it? God's been so good to us, so good to us. And I tell you what, I am so excited about what God is doing in your midst here. Unbelievable. I mean, beautiful. Wow. Everything's looking so great, come together so well. And most importantly, we know that church is not, you know, the, the steeple. It's people, right? So I'm so excited to see all, all of you folks that are here loving God, excited about the Lord. And, uh... Man, your pastor and pastor's wife, they're such wonderful people. And genuine, and I tell you what, I, I, what I love about living for God is that you can be yourself. I think it's one of the greatest revelations that any of us need to come to is that I, I can just be real. I don't have to put on some kind of, there isn't a Sunday me and then a Tuesday me and a, you know, a different version. We can just be who we are and be real before the Lord. And we've got a good God that'll help us and bless us. So, Again, I'm just so thankful to be here with all of you. Had a wonderful time in our earlier service. And uh, just grateful for what God's doing in Detroit Lakes. I think, I think every city ought to have just great, a great church, great churches in every city. And uh, so that people can experience. We sang those songs, and I was getting fired up as he was talking and singing about miracles. And uh, we don't serve a dead God. We don't have a little statue around here where we bow down to a, you know, something we carved out, but we serve a living God who is alive and working in people's lives. Uh, of course, COVID, I'm not going to get a lot into that, but the past year has just been, as a church for us, where we're at, has been a little, little crazy. But things are beginning to get back to normal. We've had some wonderful times in the Lord. Two weeks ago, somebody on a Sunday night received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues. Yeah, we're those people, in case you're wondering. You know why? Because the Bible says that. And uh, there, I'm so thankful there's not an expiration date on the New Testament. Like, oh, they had that then, but sorry, all you people can't have that. Miracle signs, wonders. We had the last week, I believe it was last week, uh, a new lady in our church had been newly baptized, received the Holy Ghost. She probably mid-50s um, had a stroke, suddenly had a stroke completely out of nowhere. She ended up in the hospital, then she ended up in a care facility. And of course, she was so distraught and didn't know what to do about that, was very depressed. But she made up her mind. She said by, this was a week ago, she said by June the 6th, she said, I'm going to be out of this care facility. And they're like, yeah, okay, we'll see how that works. That was weeks down the road. Well, she came Sunday night with her walker. And again, due to the stroke, she came walking in. And as the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit began to move in the house, she came up to the front like this, and I watched her. I watched this woman begin to do this. 
she started doing this and she put the walker to the side and she left church last Sunday. She came in with the walker. I mean, just could, you know, she lost feeling in one side of her body and she left church that night. God touched her body and she was immediately, the Lord healed her. And she went back to the physical therapist. Of course, she was hoping like two weeks out, things are going to get better. And the therapist, you know, worked with her and said, you're leaving tomorrow. <laughs> There's nothing more. You're done. So it really is. We have, we have a living, powerful, awesome God. And the reason I'm here today is that real God changed my life. And I know that's why you're here today. And I'm so thankful for the good God that we serve. I'm going to read a passage of Scripture out of the Old Testament. It's a somewhat obscure passage that we don't go to very often. If you have a Bible, I'm going to go to the book of Habakkuk. Yeah, say that again, Habakkuk. But uh, if you don't have a Bible, maybe you've got version or something on your phone you want to use. If not, I've, I'll, I'll read it. But um, if you go to the book of Malachi, it's, it's the last book of the Old Testament, and then go left, about three books, three or four books, and you'll be there. That's Habakkuk, all right? There's three short little chapters there, and I'm not going to read all of them, <laughs> thankfully, <laughs> in entirety, um, or we'd be here a really long time. Uh, but I am going to preach a little while out of this, and I want to read the last four verses of Mal or, uh, Habakkuk, Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17. Know what the, notice what the prophet said. He is one of the minor prophets, not because he's less important. He's referred to as a minor prophet, simply because his book is smaller. But he has some great stuff to say. Notice what he says, Habakkuk 3 and 17. He said, although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines, the labor of the olive shall fail, and the field shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. He's talking about a pretty bad day. If you were a farmer, I'm not a farmer, nor the son of a farmer. <laughs> Pretty bad days, like the, the fields, the, the vines, there's no fruit. You know, everything's kind of ho-hum. It's really bad scenario. But he said, what I'm going to do, verse 18, he said, I, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. No matter what happens in my life, God's always going to be worth praise. He's going to be worthy because he's a good God. He said, the Lord God is my strength and he will make my feet like hind's feet. Go ahead and say that to your neighbor. Your feet are going to be like hind's feet. What exactly does that mean? Hind's feet, hind, that's a deer. You ever seen the gracefulness of a deer? I mean, we've almost hit deer that just have like leaped over the hood of our car. You know, they're just, they can just do their thing. He said, that's what God is going to do for you. He's going to make you capable and able. And he will make me to walk upon my high places. And then I kind of like this last little part, just like thrown in for good measure. To the chief singer on my stringed instruments... Isn't that good? He's like, I'm going to sing a song. We got no flocks. We got no oil. We got no nothing. We got no fruit. Everything's dried up. Everything's bad. But pull that guitar out, Pastor Zach. And what do you say? We worship God. That's what we're going to do. So I want to talk this afternoon for a few moments on the subject out of Habakkuk of Habakkuk's hallelujah. Habakkuk's hallelujah. Jesus, thank you, Lord, so much for your Holy Ghost that's already here. Thank you for your presence and power and what you're doing in this city. I just ask you in a special way, anoint these lips of clay and give us ears to hear and a heart to receive and understand. And I pray, talk to us today. Thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Habakkuk's hallelujah. So 
Okay, I'm going to start off by saying that we as Christian people, sometimes we say weird stuff. You know, we just, we have, I guess I'll call it insider language. You know, Christian people have certain things like sanctification. Like most people are like, what are you talking about? Sanctification, like redemption. We have certain words that we maybe use. Um, when I first came into the church, people call one another brother and sister. And that was just, I, you know, I came out of the world. That was just, you know, kind of different. That was very different. There was another, another phrase that was often used, a phrase that would be used among Christian people. They would use it quite often. And that phrase was, praise the Lord. So like, you know, you're in the, the fruit aisle in the grocery store and you see that person from your church, you're like, well, praise the Lord. Somebody comes and visits church, you, one of the greeters may say, well, well, praise the Lord. Somebody comes up behind the pulpit and the service is getting ready to start and they say, well, praise the Lord. Somebody gets healed. Somebody says, well, praise the Lord, right? It's an often repeated phrase in Christian churches quite often. It might be used as a greeting. It's, sometimes it's kind of like saying, well, how are you doing? Hi. The Christian way of saying hi is like, well, praise, praise the Lord. I got to thinking, wouldn't it be amazing with, if someone had that greeting, they said, well, praise the Lord. You just like start jumping up and down. Agree, so well, praise the Lord. You were like, Woo, God's good, amen, hallelujah, right? So, praise the Lord is a greeting if it translates into meaningful reflection of our primary duty. Can I say here today, and I'm just kind of dovetailing along with what Pastor's been talking about week after week? Of course, he, he messed up. I, I want to, I want to reach through all the best messages I had and pick one of the best messages and, and preach it today. But when he said, you guys were talking about worship, I just felt like I need to preach along those same lines. Right? So our, the primary duty of every single human being that's ever been born, their primary duty is to give God praise. That's why we're, we, we were created. Listen, people get weird in this world. Yes. Yea, verily, amen. People are weird. And, and you know why? Because I think people are trying to find expression. They, they've got something inside that has to be expressed. And they're, they're, they're finding all these weird avenues and weird venues. And they're trying this and they're trying that. And they're doing this and they're doing that. And guess what? It's not working. It's, not, it's putting square pegs and round holes. It doesn't work. You know why? Because at the end of the day, every single person and human being has been created with an internal desire inside to be able to give the God that created them worship and prayer and praise. And I can shoot this and snort this and drink this and experience this, and I'll never have what I need in my life until I really get to a place where I, I get to that place where I experience and give the God that gave to me so very much what he rightfully deserves because I was built to worship and to praise. I feel the Holy Ghost here today. The living God. That's, that's, that's why I'm here. That's why God put me on this earth. And I'll never be satisfied until I figure out what it is that I've been created to do at the core, which is to worship the Lord, to praise the Lord. So that, that word, praise the Lord, comes from a Hebrew, and I'm not a Hebrew scholar, uh, but it comes from a Hebrew word, hallelujah, hallelujah. So, again, I was not raised in a Christian home. I wasn't raised in church. I wasn't raised in, in anything. I thought all you people were crazy, and you kind of are, <laughs> but it's a good crazy, isn't it? 
But so I, I would come to church and, and when the Lord saved me and brought me into the church, I got the Holy Ghost. I was baptized at 15 years of age, transformed my whole family, my life. And so at that point, when I gave my life to God, all I want to do is serve, serve the Lord. This is it. I'm like, finally, I figured out what life's all about. It makes sense. I couldn't find it in a party. I couldn't find it in a rock concert, but I found it in Jesus Christ. So I jumped in right with both feet and I got in the church and so I was still learning. I was brand new. I didn't know nothing about nothing. So service would happen. People would be praying and I would hear people in the church and they'd walk around. They'd be saying, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. 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 And they'd pray and in there they would kind of sprinkle in hallelujah as they prayed. And so what did I do? Well, that's what I started doing. So I didn't know what else to say. So I'd pray and I'd say, hallelujah, hallelujah. And then I realized one day, what in the world am I saying? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah is a Hebrew word that has three parts. Okay, are you ready? The first part of that is hallel in the, in the Hebrew. Hallel means praise. Hallel, you, is you. Praise, hallel, praise, you, you. Jah, which is Jehovah. Hallel, you, Jah means praise ye the Lord. Now, again, if we were to dig a little more into the original language, that you part, though, is not just like a generic term. It is a emphatic, imperative term. So I'm not a Southerner, but if I was a Southerner, it would go, you would say it something like this in the Hebrew. Y'all, praise the Lord. It, see, it's a command. It's an imperative command. When they said hallelujah, what they were saying was it wasn't a greeting. It wasn't to say, hey, how you doing? Hey, how's it going? Glad you're here. It was hallelujah was a command that literally meant you all, you need to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So I think we ought to praise the Lord. Because you can't have a hallelujah without you. Hallel, you, Jah. Y'all, we need to praise the Lord. Hallel, that's what we do. We praise. We're the praising people. Jah, who are we praising? We're praising Jehovah, the Lord God Almighty. Jehovah that's become salvation. His name is Jesus. Hallel, you, Jah, which means you all. Man, I feel, I don't know why I feel the Holy Ghost. I know why I'm in church right now, man. But I feel the Holy Ghost here today because God wants us to praise him. I am telling you today that powerful things happen when we all begin to praise the Lord. You want to find God somewhere? I'll tell you how you find God. You find God because the Bible says that he inhabiteth the praises of Israel. He inhabits the praise of his people. That means that when people begin to worship the Lord like y'all were doing. Y'all. I'm going to be a sovereign before this is done. Amen. Y'all praising the Lord, magnifying God, singing and worshiping. You know what happens? God shows up when we worship him. He's like, okay, I see right there in Detroit Lakes. There are some people. They love me. They took time out of their Sunday. 
That yes, they had a little bit of glorified sweat and they put their energy into it. You know why they did that? They did that because they care about me. They love me. And if there's one place that God will show up, he'll show up in a place where you roll out the red carpet and you say, God, you mean more to me than anything else in all the world. Nobody's been as good to me as Jesus has been to me. Nobody could have done for me what Jesus. And I'm going to worship you, Lord. And God says, okay, it's Sunday. Man, I tell you what, Sunday is God's favorite day of the week because he knows people are going to be gathering together. Yay, even in Detroit Lakes, coming together, worshiping God. And God says, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to show up with the people that have agreed in their hearts to worship the almighty God. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. See, now it makes sense. Hallelujah. I'm saying it. it means praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I've heard people say this. But I'm not emotional. Well, you're a liar. <laughs> well, I mean, well, and here's the thing. I get it. Okay, my last name is Lichtel. It used to be von Lichtenstein. You know what that means? That's German. And I realize I'm maybe among some Norwegian folk. I may be among from... Some Scandinavian folk may say, well, we don't do that kind of thing. But let me tell you something right now. If I showed up at your house with a $100,000 check, you would get emotional. If somebody bought a Powerball ticket in your name, say, oh, I did that there, say they, and, 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 and cashed in, and you want a million, you'd be like, woo, yes. <laughs> Can you imagine what God must think when he visits a football game? You know, the Green Bay Packers. We got a lot of Packer fan here, right? <laughs> I'll never come back. <laughs> okay, Vikings fans. So, you know, you got people that show up and they paint their bodies green and they're out there and they're, they're standing on top of the... I jump on one of these, but I'm afraid to do that. But, I mean, people screaming at the top of their lungs. Their favorite team just scored a touchdown. Or, yeah. And then people come to church and we're like, oh, we're, uh, we don't, we're, we're, we're sedate. And God sees the people that are going absolutely nuts at the football game. Sees people, we're, the hotel that we were checked into, they, I don't know, they had some kind of rave going on down there or something. People going just, you know, in the lounge, they're going... But you know what? I'm telling you what, we've got something worth giving, expressing. Hallelujah. I don't need to shove a needle in my veins. I don't got to snort something up my nose to get some kind of joy. I don't have to have some personal spirit, uh, sexual experience. I can have in Jesus Christ uh, what my heart longs for. And the good news is when I wake up the next morning, guess what? I don't have to have shame in my life and wonder, what did I do last night? Because I've got a good God that's worthy of my praise. And there's something inside of me that's it's got to experience this great big awesome God that we serve God has been so good to all of us that he deserves our praise let me give you a scripture here it's in Revelation 4 and 10 it says the 4 and 20 elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying thou art worthy O Lord to receive glory and honor and power 
For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. We were created for his pleasure. That's why we clap our hands. That's why we lift our hands. If you really want to get daring, that's why we leap. If you're able. That's why we run maybe in place. That's why the tears sometimes may pop out of the corner of someone's eye. Because we realize he's a good God. And he's worthy of worship. He's worthy to be praised. There's something inside of humanity that was built with the internal need to express admiration and glory to someone. And thankfully, we can do that to our great God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It brings us to our text here this afternoon. Habakkuk's. Let's talk about Habakkuk's. Hallelujah. I dare you to say that ten times real fast. Habakkuk's hallelujah. If you will, we're going to take a quick walk through the book of Habakkuk. Nestled into the Old Testament is this little three-chapter book. He probably, history and tradition tells us, was a, a member of the Levitical choir. He sang in the choir. He was a worshiper. He was a singer. Three short chapters. The very first chapter, I'm not going to depress you with reading the whole thing. But if you'll notice... Habakkuk, as he looks around, he's looking at a world that is really, really, really messed up. And he's looking at the world, and he's just discouraged. Listen, listen to his words. The burden, Habakkuk 1 and 1, which Habakkuk the prophet did see. O Lord, he says, how long shall I cry, and wilt thou not hear? Even cry out unto thee of violence, and thou wilt not save. Why dost thou show me iniquity, and cause me to behold grievance? For spoiling and violence are before me. And there are that raise up strife and contention. Therefore the law is slacked, and judgment doth never go forth. For the wicked doth compass about the righteous, therefore wrong judgment proceedeth. He's looking around at the world, and he's like, it's, it's, such, a, it's such a stinking mess. And I, I'm not going to depress you today by reading, like, you know, front page news, but it seems like everywhere that we look in our world, it's just, it's one problem after another problem. And I mean, it's, I guess it's not particular to America alone, but man, you just look around, you see so many hurting people and, and broken lives and an America that in some ways is, I don't know, all the changes and the disappointment. And Habakkuk's in that condition. He's looking around at Israel and he's like, man, look at all the, the despair and the discouragement of the world and ungodliness and the, and the mess that's in our world. But what did he do in response to that? I'm sure he got on social media and probably complained to everybody. Because that always helps. You know. Political posts always make a huge difference on social media. <laughs> I won't get on that, but all it does is engender more strife, typically. That's not what he does, but chapter 2 and verse 1, notice what he says. He said, I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower. I feel the Holy Ghost here today. And we'll watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. In his desperation, when he looked at the world that was just mixed up and messed up everywhere, he said, I could complain about it. I could criticize. I could say everything is wrong. But he said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to God in prayer. He said, I'm going to stand upon my watch. Uh, maybe God's going to say something to me. I'm going to put myself in a position where I can hear from God. I need to hear from the Lord. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I need a place of prayer 
That's why we need church so much. So we can get in a place. I can't tell you how many times, and I thank God for it, that God will speak to us out of his preached word. What a blessing that is. I have to warn people. I tell you, in our church, I warn guests, and I warn people that come to our church. It's because we have people that come, and they're like, they come first, second, third time, and they, they look at the person that brought them and said, how come you were telling that preacher about what's going on in my life? I've had people get mad. I've had people get up, storm out, slam the door, swearing. Did I say something? <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? We ever think that we've got a God that's so powerful that he can speak particular words to our life, and God loves us so much that he wants to talk to us from his word. And that's what Habakkuk's doing. He's praying, and he's like, I'm going to set myself, and I, I want to hear from God. And in verse 2, the Lord answered me. Thank God when we pray, he answers us. If we're sincere, the Lord will talk to us. And he said, write the vision, make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but the, at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Then the famous words that are imported in the New Testament. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. In other words, there is something that can keep me in the tumultuous times of my culture. And that is, I can go to the tower. I can go to the place where I can hear from God. And when I hear from God, there's a vision. God can give me the ability to see and understand and have a capacity to understand it, what's happening in my life. And I can live, even though I'm going through the most troublesome, difficult trials of my life. I can live by my faith because I've got a God that's going to keep me through all the difficult seasons of my life. Amen. I'm not turning to another God. I'm not turning to sin and flesh. I'm not turning to other things that are unprofitable. But I'm going to turn to the Lord. He says in verse 18, it's interesting because sometimes the uh, human nature and frustration can go to the, wrong, to the wrong sources of help and healing. He said, what profiteth a graven image that the maker thereof hath graven it? The molten image and a teacher of lies. He says, that idol that people are serving, it's just teaching them lies. It's not helping them. That the maker of his work trusteth therein to make dumb idols. He's like, this is no time for us to be turning to dumb stuff. We need to be turning to the living God and give him our praise and our prayer. He says, verse 19, woe unto him that saith to the wood, awake to the dumb stone, arise, it shall teach. That dumb stone's not going to say anything. The wood's not going to help me, but God will help me. He said, Behold, it is laid over with gold and silver, and there's no breath at all in the midst of it. He said, verse 20, But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let the earth keep silence before him. Now we transition in chapter 4 and verse number 1. Notice again, a prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet unto, I'll let you work with that one, Shigianoth. O Lord, he says, I have heard thy speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive thy work. In the midst of the years, in the midst of the years, make known in wrath, remember mercy. And the prophet begins to pray, and you know what he prays for? He says, oh God, we need you to revive us. Oh God, we need a revival. I'm telling you what we don't need. We don't need more religion. Because religion doesn't work. Religion never scratches where humanity itches. It doesn't work. But he started praying for revival. What's that mean? He knew that if God doesn't help us, we're all in trouble. But we need God. 
We need a divine and direct intervention from God. We need the power of God. We need the presence of God. Oh, we need revival. I tell you what people need when they come walking into New Hope Church. They don't need another religious church. Plenty of those. And I'm not here to throw stones and criticize. I'm just saying, we don't need another religious organization. I tell you what we need. We need God to manifest his glory, his power, his ability, his person, who he is. We need revival. We need the hopeless and the helpless uh, to find what they're looking for in Jesus Christ, which is a result uh, of a revival, of a revival, of a revival. Oh, praise God. Amen. Notice what happens when he prays for, this is really cool, and I'm not going to read. I told you I wasn't going to read all these verses, but notice what he prays for revival in the very next verse, verse number three. What does it say? It says, God came from Teman. In other words, when he prayed for revival, the Bible says immediately that God came. And when he came, I mean, if you read this, I mean, it's, it's an amazing verse after verse of superlatives of like, just incredible stuff. The Holy One from Mount Parent, Selah, His glory covered the heavens, and the earth was full of His praise. His brightness was as the light. He had horns coming out of His hand. That literally means shafts and beams of light. So the prophet prays for revival, and he sees God like just all lit up. I mean, there was the hiding of His power. The mountains saw thee, and they trembled. The overflowing of the water passed by. The deep uttered His voice and lifted up His hands on high. The sun and the moon stood still in their habitation. The sun screeched to a halt. The moon stood still. The mountains are troubling, trembling. When did all that happen? When the prophet prayed for revival and the Bible says God came, then everything that was wrong in his world, because remember he started out, the world's messed up. Everybody screwed up. The world's all messed up. But when he prayed for revival, God came. And all of a sudden, God started shaking the world. The glory of God showed up in the world. God shows up in his glory and in his power. He's marching through the land. Verse 16, he said, When I heard my belly trembled, my lips quivered at the voice. Rottenness entered into my bones, and I trembled in myself, that I might rest in the day of trouble. When he cometh up unto the people, he will invade them with his troops. I mean like holy hyperbole Batman. He's like, God shows up. That's what he's saying. He's like, God, God intervenes. I'm telling you what people need in their life. People need God to intervene. Oh, hallelujah. I'm, I'm going to take a little pause right here. I don't know who I'm saying this to. I want to challenge somebody here today. You may be searching things out. You may be wondering, is this real? Does God have something for my life? I want to tell somebody, take God at his word. I dare you to pray the prayer. I dare you to pray the prayer in sincerity and just ask God, God, if this is real, show yourself to me. It will shock you how true and real God is to his word. And when you pray and you sincerely seek after God, God will show up and he will show himself to you. Oh, hallelujah. Can we lift our hands to the Lord for a moment? Thank you, Jesus, so much. Hallelujah. Thank you for your closeness. Thank you for your reality, Lord. Thank you that you care enough that you find us, Lord, exactly where we are. So thankful, O oh God, that you care. We give you the praise today. We give you the worship. Oh, you love that. And we want to give you what you desire, your pleasure. We were created and we worship you today. 
Thank you for what you're doing, oh God. Continue that great work in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. So, as we come to a conclusion here, Habakkuk's then, hallelujah, coming full circle, hallelujah, praise the Lord. What was Habakkuk's? Hallelujah. When did Habakkuk, the first chapter, he's all depressed about the state of things. He sets himself to prayer. He ends up on a watchtower. He prays for revival and God shows up. But notice the concluding last words that this great prophet had to say. He said, although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive shall fail. The field shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold. And there shall be no herd in the stalls. What is he saying? He's saying, on the worst day of my life, when my farm is no longer producing, when all the work that I put into life and everything I put myself into, he looks and he's like, there's no oil. He said, the fruit, there's no fruit there. What is he describing? If we could contemporize it, what he's saying is, he's having a terrible, rotten, very bad, no good day. Ever had one? But he's like, you know what? If I'm having a bad hair day, if I wake up crabby, if I get sick, if my car breaks down, you have the coronavirus blues. We talked about in the nine o'clock. You need to get the guitar out. Coronavirus blues. I tell you what, I got so sick of the whole scene. I'm like, I don't want to hear another thing about coronavirus. And here I'm talking about it. Don't ever talk to me about coronavirus. I want to forget that it ever happened. You know, you're having a bad day, a bad time. You may be having a, a bad week. You may be having a bad month. You may be having a bad year. You may be having a bad life. But what Habakkuk teaches us, that if there's no fruit in the vine, there's no olive, no matter what I'm going through in my life, what did he say? He said, verse 13, he said, yet. He said, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. He said, on the worst day of my life, I've learned a response that is always going to work. And it's always going to be in order. On the worst day of my life, I'm going to hallelujah. I'm going to praise the Lord because he is a good God. Oh, hallelujah. There's a book in the Bible. If you think you're having a bad time, I suggest you read it. It's called the book of Job. If you're having a hard time, it always helps me to put things into perspective. You read the book of Job. I mean, a tornado hits his house and his children are, they're, they're gone and destroyed. I mean, how heartbreaking that must have been. And then all of his, 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 his flocks and his herd, they're all destroyed. The Sabaeans come in and they destroy it and everything's falling apart around him he's he's going through trouble and tribulation he then he gets sickness in his body he's scraping himself with a piece of broken pottery he's scraping himself and just look at where i'm at and to add insult to injury his his wife very unwisely comes and becomes a mouthpiece unfortunately for the enemy she says hey listen you've been living for god all these years you've been doing everything right and and look at what's happening to you she says why don't you just curse god and die i mean you talk about being at the lowest of the lowest but the Bible says that he fell down. You know what he did? His response? And he worshiped. 
He said this statement. He said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. You know what that means? That means, and there's part of the equation that I like a lot. The Lord giveth. I like that part. I like when God's given. That's when there's fruit in the vine and there's oil and everything's going good. Man, life is grand. You're on the top heap of life and everything's going wonderful. And he's, you know, we want to praise him then. But he said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So whether God's blessing my life and giving or whether he's taking from my life. And it seems, at least in this moment, like things are not what they can be or should be. He said, there's a response that is always going to be fitting and is always going to be in order. And you know what that is? It's hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm going to praise the Lord. Whatever I'm going through in life, I've learned this one thing. I'm going to praise the Lord. Whatever happens to me, I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm so thankful for what God is doing in this, this work here. I'm so thankful. I want to give you just a little seed that you can carry through life because I've watched people not through the years, but through the decades. And the people that, and really the name of the game, Pastor, is that people not just get saved, it's that they stay saved. That they live for God until the end of their days. Amen, that's our goal. Until the end of days, I want to live for God. I don't want to start out of the gates and be all excited and not live for God for a year, two years, four years. I want to live for God until I breathe my last breath. Until the end of my life, I'm going to serve the Lord. But the thing that I found is the people that continue to serve God are the people that have the attitude that no matter what happens in my life, I'm going to keep on praising Him. If I get diagnosed with a terrible disease, I'm not going to stop praising God. That has nothing to do with the, the wonder and the goodness and the greatness of my God. You throw me into a prison cell, and I'll be a Paul that sits there with my buddy Silas and says, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to praise the Lord. And I'm telling you, in that kind of scenario, God can give you a prison-breaking, prison-shaking move of his presence that can break you out of whatever situation that you're in. If we can get Habakkuk's hallelujah, and that very simply is this, that I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm going to praise the Lord. Can we stand together today? Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I wonder if we could lift our voices together in concert together in whatever way you're comfortable in. What do you say we worship the Lord today? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, great and living God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, you've been so good to us, Lord. Oh, hallelujah, we worship and love you. Thank you, God, for sustaining us. Thank you, Lord, for being good to us. Of all the things that you could do in our life, Jesus, you don't owe me anything, Lord, but you've been so good to me, and I want to thank you for that. I give you the worship and I give you the glory. Thank you for the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. Thank you for taking away my sins. Thank you for caring for me, Lord, when no one else cared for me. Thank you, Lord, for being a blessing to me, Lord, throughout all the days of my life. And I want to give back to you because you've been good to me, great God. Because you've been good to me, I want to give back to you and give you worship. Oh, hallelujah. Continue, Lord, your great work in all of our lives, Jesus, because we need it. Hallelujah. Bring some rays of sunshine to anyone that might need it today. Bring a wonderful lifting of your presence and your spirit to anyone that might need it today. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah.
as this team begins to sing and worship, I think we could just entertain the Lord for a moment or two and allow God as we give Him praise, as we sing and as we worship and we give God the glory, allow God to have His way in your life. In Jesus' name. Seek your face, come and make your throne upon our praise, here in this place, have your way, the moment that we see you we are changed, show us your glory, Show us your glory in wonder and surrender we fall down. I challenge you right now, if you need something from God, why don't you just out right now, right now, and make an altar right now worship you. Come on, the altar is a place for church. Why don't you make your way up here right now, if you'd like prayer. God, I worship you. I magnify you. This is a place for every person, not, not just for the person that's out together, not for the person that's come alive. God, I worship you, Jesus. I'm God, I worship you, Jesus. Overcome by heaven's love revealed before our eyes. Show us your glory. Show us your glory. In wonder and surrender we fall down. Show us your glory. Show us your glory. Let every burning heart be holy ground. Chains fall. Fear has to bow. Here, now, Jesus, you change everything. Lives healed. There is hope found here right now jesus you change everything chains fall fear has to bow here now jesus you change everything lives healed hope found here now jesus you change everything show us your glory show us your glory in wonder and surrender we fall down show us your glory show us your glory Every burning heart be holy ground. Show us your glory. Show us your glory. In wonder and surrender we 
fall down Shows your glory Shows your glory Let every burning heart be holy ground Chains, chains Oh Jesus God, I Fear Bow Here Come on, here now, now. Jesus, you change everything. Lives healed, hope found here now. Jesus, you change everything. Change. Oh yes, Fear has to bow here now. Jesus, you change everything. Lives healed, hope found here now. Jesus, you change everything. Show us your glory. Show us your glory. Let every burning heart be holy ground. Show us your glory. Show us your glory. Let every burning heart be holy ground. Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus. I wanted to say something real quick. I didn't say this in the first service. I didn't even think of it. But he was saying revival, and I just like, I love the word revival. We've been, I feel like we've talked about revival. And I, th- I think I've said this, but there's a definition for revival. Does anyone know what it is? You know, like, we've ha- heard revival before. Like, we've heard revival services, right? Like, anyone ever been to a revival service before? Like, you're like, oh, yeah, we have someone come preach for you a couple days. And, like, you go and, like, oh, revival, like, I feel like sometimes revival is like condensed to a couple of days, right? Like it's like over three days. And actually Webster's Dictionary defines revival as like a, 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 uh, a series of evangelistic services or a restoration of force. Yes. Yes. Think about that. Like I, I like, I would much rather prefer... A restoration of of force than just a couple of services, because a couple of services has an end date. A restoration of force has a key. Yeah, it keeps on. It keeps going and keeps going. And before we go, before we close, we can we can we can end right this moment right now. But before we go, if you are like, you know what, I need a restoration of force. I want I want to pray with you because you know what, sometimes sometimes you're like, you know what, okay. I wanted to go up there the first time and get prayed for, and you didn't come. But you know what? Here's, I just want to be 100% clear. Like, when we talk about an altar call, like, seriously, like, you don't have to come up here to get prayed for. Like, it's, it's meant, like, for everyone. Like, it's not just to get prayed for. It's for everyone to come. Like, you don't have to have your life all together. You don't have to be all messed up. It's literally for everyone. It's just like, you know what? I want to go up there. I just... Yeah, it's a step of faith. Consider it a, a step of faith. Like, you know what? I want to go. I want to go because, you know what? I, you know what? I want to I want to move from where I'm at. Consider it that. Like, yeah, I want more. 
step of faith. And I, I agree with what was preached. Like you can do that from your seat. It's absolutely okay. But if you want, you're like today, you know what? I need a restoration of forests. I have been beat down. I want to pray with you. And I've prayed with some of you today. So it's not scary. That's, you know, this is what happens. We just pray for you. It's like not, ooh. But like, I, sing one more time.